there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) On this week's episode, we discuss... (laughs) Can you imagine if we tried to talk like that the whole time? That's what I want to learn how to do, Shan. I can't keep up the facade that long, Shy. But I I will break. (laughs) I want to be able to keep up the facade that long, Shanna, and to tell a full-on story, if not read a novel to you. And I sound like an old gentleman. Back in my time. (laughs) Back in my time. This is what happened. (laughs) The old whippersnappers. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta make it sound like you don't got any teeth, too. Oh, I can't do that. (laughs) I have all my teeth. (laughs) Same. We got Ooh. our tea. Got our tea. Yes, and it's very nice. And warm. Nice and warm tea today. Warming, let's warming up our cold souls. Let's spill our tea. Ooh. What do you have? <laughs> what do you have to spill tea on, Queen? What do I have to spill tea on? Like podcast related? I don't know. I don't think I have anything. Do you? No. I feel like there should be something. Telling you, there man. probably is, but we Just. don't know. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <sighs> we'll one day be like this week. <laughs> let me just tell you about whatever. Yeah, someday we'll take notes. <clears throat> it's gonna be great. Someday, whenever I become that person, one day, <laughs> one day. All right. Mm-hmm. What do we got this week, Cheyenne? Cheyenne, mm-hmm. I have a story for you. Okay. Uh, it has not yet went to trial. Oh. So this all could just be alleged, but there's way too much um, evidence pointing <laughs> to a certain person. So. Okay. I love it. I'm I'm here for it. Here I'm for ready it? for unsolved solved almost solved in the process of being solved in the process of being adjudicated let's do it all let's do it all this one there are a lot of people involved in this okay so am i gonna need like one of those string charts to keep everybody straight is our wall gonna look like we're doing a serial killer investigation probably so okay (sighs) i'm going to when i made out my little bullet points I tried to make it all chronological, all like, this is how all this went down. And then all the players, I tried to keep them all. I'm glad you have your shit together because I didn't even bring a notebook. It's fine. (laughs) I know your mind is like a steel drum, Shran, and it just stays. (laughs) There's a lot of shit that gets in, but there's not a lot that gets out. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Mine is a lot of shit that shouldn't stay. Stays. I know. I have 80 songs just bopping around in there for no reason. No apparent reason. And then I'm like, why did I come in this room? Yeah. Why did I walk in this? Like, I brought you the sticky notes today. And I was like, oh, you don't need my grocery list. And I brought the wrong sticky notes. Perfect. It's awesome. Love that for us. I wake up with a song in my head every morning. Yeah. Do I remember my child's orthodontist appointment? Nope. Nope. No. It's fine. It's fine. It's what phone calendars are for. They are the saviors of us all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to get this this true crime started? I'm ready. Okay, here I go. Tell me about it. Okay. I am going to be talking to you today about the murders of Jenna Scott and Michael Swearingen. Okay. Have you heard of this? Nope. I bet you will once I start. Okay. Okay. So I just wanted to kind of cite a few... There was quite a few different um, news things I pulled this information from. So, KWTX News, KDH News, Heavy.com, Spectrum News, The Charlie Project, Statesman.com. All of these wonderful media <laughs> things. Yeah, media outlets. Love yes. it. This is where I got this information because, wow, there is... All different directions and... Lots of people involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it'll be fine. Yeah, it's going to be great. You have bullet points. I do have bullet points. I have notes. <laughs> okay. I'm going to try not use the word um and so. That's, Godspeed that's, to you, my it's friend. It's going to last all of two seconds. Godspeed to you. On... January 4th, 2019, longtime friends Jenna Scott, Michael Swearingen, were reported missing after Jenna didn't show up for her daughter's birthday party. Okay. All right. The last anyone had heard from Jenna and Michael was around 3 a.m. that morning, January 4th. Of? 2019. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Where are we at? We are in Texas. Okay. 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 All right. We are in Temple, Texas. Temple, Texas. Okay. Okay. So, Jenna Scott, age 28, was born March 30th, 1990, in Estevan, Canada. Probably completely mispronounced that, but hmm. it's, it's in Saskatchewan, Canada. Mm-hmm. Yep, love that. That I know how to pronounce. Okay. Thank you. She was described as a wonderful friend, wonderful mother. She was the person that you went to for advice. She was the person that you went to to confide your problems in, right? Mm -hmm. She had received her RN. Wait, when, when, when was she born? March the 30th? Of 1990. Of 1990. So that makes her what? What she are you? What's your sign? Oh, she's an Aries. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, she was very much driven. Mm -hmm. She had received her RN and BSN at the University of Mary Hardin Baylor. And at the time of her disappearance, she was in the process of getting her master's in counseling. Shit. So she was very... She had her own problems in the past, 
and had turned to meditation, to yoga, to um, just different ways of combating these issues mm-hmm. and really, really took a like dove into those routes of healing to right? a more metaphysical mm-hmm. and to also just talk therapy. So she really wanted to be um, a counselor. Mm-hmm. And fun fact, which I love this little part about her as a child, she was a very talented gymnast and happened to win gold at the AAU Junior Olympic Games in 2002 mm. for tumbling and trampoline. Damn. When she was just 12. Good for her. Just a tiny thing. It's like, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Michael Swearingen, her friend, longtime friend, he was 32 years old at the time of the disappearance. He was born March 2nd, 1986 in Temple, Texas. He was the Pisces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like Jenna in that he was a super kind-hearted person, the person you always wanted to be around, the person, again, that you can confide in, um, share, you know, share those worries or concerns with, always willing to help people and very active in his local church. Mm-hmm. He was even one time in a band, like I think a little Christian band. So just a very well-rounded person. Mm-hmm. So with, see, two minutes, and I didn't say so. When Jenna didn't show up to her daughter's birthday party, the families were like, nope, this is not her. This was Jenna's only daughter. Mm -hmm. Her 10th birthday, completely out of character for Jenna. All right? Okay. Their friends obviously started, family, friends started looking. The friends immediately believed foul play was involved when upon arriving at Michael's house, they found that the security cameras had been turned off mm. and footage had been deleted from the computer. Mm. Right? Also, messages from Michael's Facebook account that were received by his friends were obviously not him. Yeah. But rather someone pretending to be him. Right. So they're like, something's not right. Okay. Also, there was an ex of Jenna's. That was super sus. Let me just, let's go into him for a second. Okay. okay? His name was Cedric Marks, age 44 at the time of all this. He was an ex-MMA fighter. Mm. That's terrifying. That's, I don't know. I know nothing about MMA fighting, but I feel like if you are, because some of that stuff, there's not a lot of rules to it. <laughs> and if you are okay there's with getting rules. into- There's rules. There's not rules when you do like, some of these hillbillies do like backyard MMA fighting where they set up their own little hillbilly ring and like just beat each other to a pulp for mm-hmm. funsies. Mm-hmm. Real MMA, there's rules. Okay. It's very like controlled. You still have to be tough as fuck. Yes. I worked with this girl that was a female MMA fighter. That's right. And Mm -hmm. she, nicest person, I would see her at the gym like every morning, nicest person on the planet, scares the fuck out of me. Yeah. The actual fuck out of me. Because she could pulverize you just for fun. Like you, you're okay with getting into a ring with someone knowing they're going to be coming at you as hard as they can and you needing to... 
put them out first. Yeah, it's like I don't believe that fighters are at their core like bad people at all. I think there are people that have that mindset of like, this is a sport. This is what I like to do. Mm-hmm. It's the same people that would go onto a football field every week and get pummeled because right. they love the game or whatever. Right. But there's also like, I think there's a dark side to that, like with steroids and, you know, mm-hmm. questionable mental health practices and stuff like that. I do think some people, though, they. They truly do enjoy the hurting of other people in oh, a yeah. controlled environment. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, for sure. Yeah. And he was one of those. I kind of am thinking. Getting that vibe. Maybe. Yes. He's giving pummel vibes. Pummel vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we'll go into that. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. So the two had met on Tinder in 2015 and had an on and off again relationship. Mm-hmm. However, in 2018... Jenna had filed a protective order against Marks. In this affidavit, she states that Marks had threatened her every time she tried to leave, had choked her out on numerous occasions. Ooh, not mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And from the reports I read, the hearing for this protective order, they were both present, was super dramatic in that both Marks and Jenna were visibly upset and just screaming accusations about each other to the judge so much so much that it the judge looked obviously tired of the dramatics it was toxic to the point that they had been in front of the judge multiple times probably that i'm not sure they had been in front of the judge multiple times it probably more than likely yes And so they had this hearing. After the hearing, Marks broke into her home Mm. and threatened her, her daughter, and her family. Mm -mm -mm. Like, if you put this restraining order on me, your whole family is going to need one, too. That type of thing. And he's – there was, like, things were said allegedly, like, you you know what I'm capable of, blah, blah, blah. Like, lots of threats. Tell me you need a restraining order without telling me you need a restraining order. Uh Like, if you're breaking into someone's home after they've left you and have filed a restraining order, take the L and go the fuck away, bro. Right. Well, a month after the hearing, the judge denies the protective order. And after the judge denied it... The attorney, Jenna's attorney, was like, hey, look, he just broke into her house a few weeks ago and threatened her. The judge wasn't hearing it. The judge was was tired of dealing with it. Yeah, he's like, no, we're not. This is not getting filed. That's terrifying. Mm -hmm. But that happens a lot. Yes. Yeah. It happens a whole lot. Mm -hmm. More than we would like to think. Right. Yeah. We also know, too, that... Filing protective orders or restraining orders sometimes escalates. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it doesn't do anything. And it really doesn't. It's just a piece of paper. It does. It just documents a trail. Right. Of the abuser. Right. Really? Yeah. Um, We're not saying you should never get one. No, you should definitely document your trail. Every 
anything you can to document uh, document abuse, you need to document abuse. Especially if it's gotten to the point of choking, because mm-hmm. there have been studies done that if he or she is choking you, you're something like eight times more likely to die at their hands. Right. From a domestic violence incident. Mm-hmm. If, if it's get, gotten to the point of choking, you are like eight times more likely to be their victim. Right. Choking is a very intimate um, way of death. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a scary thing. So any, any way you can document it. Well, okay. So they disappeared July, June 4th. Nope. Sorry. January 4th. Later that day, Michael's car was found in Houston. How far is Temple away from Houston? I think it's like 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. From Houston. So it's like on the periphery of Houston. Yeah. Basically. Yes. Okay. Car was unlocked. Keys were in it. Oh, they just wanted somebody to steal it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Somehow, and all of these, everything I was trying to read through, I couldn't find how authorities were able to tie the auto theft to this woman, but they were. They tied it to a woman by the name of Maya Maxwell. Maya Maxwell. Okay. Okay. This is where all the names start flying in. Okay. Okay. So Jenna and Michael are our victims. Mm -hmm. Cedric Marks. We're just going to call him Marks because he doesn't deserve a first name. Is sus. Is sus. Mm -hmm. Now enters Maxwell. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maya Maxwell is 26 years old. Maxwell is Mark's girlfriend and pregnant at the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. I accept your explanation. Just wait. It gets worse. I have so many questions, but I I accept your explanation. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At the time, so when they arrested her, when she was interviewed, or they brought her in for questioning, interviewed, she started singing like a jaybird. Well, yeah, if you're pregnant, you are mm-hmm. you don't want to be in prison if mm-hmm. you're pregnant. Right. Yeah. In a signed affidavit, Maxwell admits that she was present in the home where Jenna and Michael were killed. Mm-hmm. That Marx was the one that killed them. That they broke into the home. Jenna and Michael were placed in two separate rooms. And when Mark went into each room, she heard a struggle. She stayed out in the living room. Okay. Mm -hmm. After Mark's left each room, both Jenna and Michael were deceased. Mm -hmm. Okay. She then told authorities that she did drive Michael's car to, excuse me, it was to Austin, not Houston. They drove it to Austin to make it look like they were down there. Yeah. She then tells them she was with Marks when he buried Jenna and Michael's bodies and told the authorities where they could be found. Okay. Okay. Where they could be found was Clareview, Oklahoma, about 350 miles north of Temple. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Marks grew up in Clareview. 
and still had quite a few family members that live there. Where is this at? Is it southeast Oklahoma? I think it's just south of southeast. Yeah. Like south of Ada and all that? I think so. Okay. Yeah. We'll look it up. I know I looked at the map at one point. I just didn't have it on here. Should all look it up, man. Okay. So authorities then contacted the OSBI to ask for their assistance. And when they arrived at the location Maxwell had given, they did discover Jenna and Michael's bodies in a shallow grave. Exactly where she said they were. Yes. Oh, shit. It's out, it's over there by Henrietta. Oh, okay. It's off I-40. Okay. But it is like southeast or like east. It's east, yeah. East. But it's over there by Henrietta. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. The town of Clareview, I think, has about 60 people. Yeah. It says it had 56 people during the 2000 census. Okay. Yeah. So it's a... Little tiny town. Tiny town. Mm -hmm. So upon examination, medical examiner reports back that black tape was found on Jenna's face and neck. And wounds around her wrists and ankles suggested that she had been bound and also beaten. Michael's uh, medical report shows that he had more than likely died of asphyxiation and defensive wounds were found on his hands. Like, did he die of like manual strangulation? strangulation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what did they say her cause of death was? They think that she was just beaten. Just beaten to death? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yes. This then leads the investigation to the home of Janelle McDonoghue, the 37-year-old wife of Mark's. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How? Mm-hmm. What? Yep. Okay. Hang on. Yep. I told you there was a lot of people. There's a lot of women involved. Okay. So this dude is married. Mm-hmm. Do we know how long he's been married? Nope. Okay. So this dude is married to, what's her biscuit? Janelle. Thank you. He starts dating Jenna in 2015. Correct. And dates her on and off until 2018. Correct. Okay. Then he's now with Maya. Correct. And has is having a baby with Maya. Correct. And that's the part they couldn't confirm that the baby was his. Okay, but I mean, whatever. Like, I don't care whose baby it is at this point. It's just kind of like... What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Does that... Just off topic, and no shade to anyone at all, but like, to me, that sounds exhausting. Right? Because... Like, working 40 hours a week is enough, but, like, then you also have to maintain, I'm, like, actively stalking this lady that put a protective order against me. I have a wife somewhere, and now I'm dating this other chick. That sounds fucking exhausting. Right. To me. I mean, he 
obviously had the time. Who has the energy, though? Obviously, he did. Shit. Man. Go on. I'm, I'm disgusted, but go on. This was a hobby for him. I'm so fucking mad, but go on. Oh, just wait. Just wait. It gets so much worse. So, Marks and Maxwell mm-hmm. were found at Janelle's home, hiding out. At, you, got, you got your girlfriend hiding out at your wife's house. Yep. What the fuck? I know. <laughs> I know. I think there's a lot of domestic abuse here and a lot of... um gaslighting and mental abuse i'm a hundred percent sure there is too but like while he's which i i don't know while he's like distracted with these other issues over here i'd be like i filed for a divorce bye yeah i'm just so confused yeah, I don't know. how you even walk that in the door and be like hey we're hiding probably out because we kill killed her. some people. Yeah, he probably threatened to kill no, her. No, I'm sure he did. I'm sure all of them are victims of his. I have no doubts. Yeah. So when they found them, Marx was uh, extradited back to Texas on a burglary charge stemming from that August 18th break-in at Jenna's house. Were they hiding here in Oklahoma? No, they were hiding in Michigan. Uh, thank you. I'm sorry about that. I missed yes. that. They were in Michigan. Jenna lived in Michigan. Janelle, Janelle lived, lived in, in Michigan. Michigan. Oh, my God. See, I pick these ones that have so many people involved. I'm sorry, guys. I hope you can. I hope you can keep up. Shit. Because this story is so fucking crazy. Okay. So they, the cops pick them up in Michigan at, at Janelle's, Janelle's home. house. They pick up Maya and Marks. Correct. Together. Correct. And extradite them back to Texas where they are going to be charged with the murders of Jenna and what was his first Michael. name? Thank you, Michael. Yes. Okay. So, Mark's wife, Janelle, she was taken in for harboring. Sure. And <laughs> while being questioned... She then tells them of yet another murder <gasps> that Marx had. So that's why this guy was so fucking confident that he could just do a bunch of bullshit and it would be fine. Because he's already gotten away with one murder. What a fuck nut. I mm-hmm. hate this guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead. So... This woman, her name was April Peace. She was 20 years old at the time of her abduction in 2009. Okay. April and Marks had a son together and were in a bitter custody battle for that child. During this time that Marks was trying to find April, he enlisted yet another female accomplice to find April. This other accomplice, her name was Kelly Sorensen. Okay. Kelly would confess to posing as April 
and calling airlines and shelters across the country, sometimes pretending to be April. So people would have a record of her being like in contact somewhere. Mm-hmm. So they and they could then find out where she was. Okay. It worked, whatever they were doing, because they ended up finding her in Minnesota. So she went from Michigan to Minnesota to a women's shelter to get away from him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then she wasn't even able to get away from him. Correct. Because he's a fucking psycho. Correct. In Sorensen's statement, she did help Mark abduct her from the women's shelter. And then April was taken to an unknown location. Mm-hmm. And Sorensen stayed in the car while Mark's killed her an unknown location in like minnesota or they they don't say they just say once they found her they headed south on 35 oh shit so she could be anywhere between like here and the fucking gulf of mexico Mm -hmm. anywhere between they think that it happened north of of oklahoma so like just south of minnesota probably in I mean, yeah, but shit, you drive through nine states between mm-hmm. here and yeah. Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. So they didn't they then decided to ask Janelle, the wife, yeah. about this. And she was like, Oh yeah, he told me about that. What the fuck? I know. I'm gonna have an aneurysm. My brain can't handle all this. I know. Like, I'm, I'm going to slow it down so people can – let's absorb it. We're going to absorb it, okay? She said that he admitted the murder to her, that it needed to be done so he could gain custody of his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, there was a CD made that he's speaking to his son saying, I did – I did some bad things because you had been kidnapped and you were in harm's way or some shit like that, which no, basically the poor boy was in harm's way and his mom tried to save him. And this monster couldn't handle that. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. This is so gross. So one thing I forgot to mention to you when they – when they arrested Marks and were en route to uh, back to Texas, uh-huh. they hmm, they were in him and ten other prisoners were in a transportation van, a um, prison transportation van, not uh-huh. done by a certain prison. The two um, guards yeah. driving the van yeah. decided they needed to have some McDonald's. Okay. Okay. And decided to stop. I can't even remember the name of the city they stopped in now. I can't find it. And decided to leave all 10 prisoners in the van while they went inside McDonald's. 
That's a no for me. Right. Well, um, Marx took this as a golden opportunity to escape. And he did successfully escape from the van. And then led the authorities of this little town in Texas on a nine-hour, like, hunt for him. They ended up finding him two blocks away in a giant, one of those giant trash cans. Ew. Well, that's where he belongs. He's trash. Mm -hmm. So, whatever. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, what? Anyways. So... In March of 2020, on the 11th anniversary of April Peace's disappearance, mm-hmm. Marx and Sorensen, the accomplice at this crime, were charged with second-degree murder of April. Which mm, don't like that. I don't but... either. But because if you're calling around the whole country looking for someone, <clears throat> mm-hmm. if that someone has your son. And you've enlisted the help of another person mm-hmm. to go get her, which I, yeah, don't like that. But um, maybe since he's going to stand trial on these, on the murders that they actually have the bodies, probably for first degree murder, they might be just hedging their bets that he's going to go down on first degree murder and he'll have the second degree murder charge as a secondary. Right. So. Right. Or that might be the only case that they could reasonably make. I don't know. Yeah. But don't like that. Don't like that at all. Right. And April. So are they charged in Minnesota or are they charged? Where are they charged? It doesn't say. It does not say. I'm guessing Minnesota, because that's where she was abducted from. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't say in these reports where she was, where they were being charged at for that crime. Hmm. Okay. Go on. Yes. Shit. I know. April Peace has never been found. And they're hoping they can kind of get some resolution to that but i'm okay let me just keep going let me just keep going okay so much it's so much so fucking much yeah so at one point i'm losing my notes at one point marks his attorneys try to get the death penalty removed okay Judge was not having it. Well, soon after, Marx decides he wants to represent himself in the trial. Mm. And the judge is like, sure. Sure. Let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. I mean, that's always a terrible fucking decision. But at the same time, he's going to get an automatic appeal if he does get found guilty in a death penalty case, he gets an automatic appeal anyway. Mm-hmm. And what's the worst you can do? You can claim ineffective assistance of counsel, your own fucking self, mm-hmm. because you're a dipshit who should not have represented themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah. It's nonsense. 
I don't, I know. When people try to represent themselves, I'm just like, so you already think you're smarter than everybody else. And you think you can already control the narrative around this. And you can't. Right. You're already sunk. Right. They found the bodies. Yeah. You're already sunk, sir. Right. You might as well have at least a decent enough attorney Mm -hmm. that can represent you in the way that you need to be represented to try to mitigate some of the damage that you've done. Right. And you're not it. Right. So. I know. I know. Mm. I mean, all of the evidence against him is so. There's so much against him. So much. There's so many people. Well, he like he made the mistake of having so many wives and girlfriends Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, if I'm pregnant. You're damn right I'm going to be making any deal and telling you anything that I possibly can so that I am not having this baby in prison. Right. Because that's exactly where I don't want to be when I'm having a baby. Right. She ended up delivering in prison. Yeah. And her child is now in foster care. That's really sad. Yeah. In state. state I'm, I'm not sad. Because she participated in a murder. I'm not sad about that. I'm sad because that kid didn't have a choice. Right. In the matter. Right. And giving birth in prison while you're in custody is truly has to be the worst way to bring a child into this world. Yeah. Has to be. Yeah. So I'm not sad that she's going to serve her sentence and do her time because of what she did. Right. I feel like she probably didn't have much of a choice. Right. And that's how I feel about herself. That's how I feel about all of these when they're all questioned and they're all very forthcoming with this information. Once questioned by authorities, I really think that he, and this is just me speculating, that he very much had some type of abusive hold on them. Yeah. And they were probably in fear of their own lives at that point. Oh, I think there's no question about it, especially if he walked around with his little dick energy and was like, oh, I've done it before. I'll do it again. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's no reason to not believe someone when they say, well, I've already killed someone that I was in a relationship with. I'll do it again. Right. I mean, I don't want to be next, but I sure as fuck don't know how to get away from you. And if judges in my area are in the habit of not granting protective orders or doing anything to step in mm-hmm. in these situations, then I guess I'll just roll with it and see what happens. Right. And she fucked around and found out. And now she's going to be in prison. Right. Which is really unfortunate. Yeah. Actually, I mean, this Sorensen chick, Maxwell chick, and Harrison – his actual wife, I think she's she's probably coming down with a lesser charge, obviously. But the other two women, because they were present at the time of these murders. Yeah, I'm like, it's not, not good. I mean, yeah. We've like, talked about it before. If you're if you're participating in a felony that goes wrong and somebody dies, you are now a party to felony murder. Whether yes. you pulled a trigger, whether you squeezed a neck, whether you did anything besides just being there, 
you're a party to it. Yeah. And you have to do your, yeah, do your time, I guess. Yeah. It's rough. I know. Abuse is the most, the, the worst thing someone could do to another human being and to make it, to make the abuse so bad that they're so beaten down and thinking they have to be a party to this crime. Yeah. So they won't become Just a victim so of survive. that crime. Yeah. Um, is the worst. Just so they can survive it. Yeah. Ugh. So when is this all going to trial? So trial, I think, is set to begin this October. So just next month. Okay. So this is when he will go to trial in Texas, In Texas. Yes. For Jenna and Michael's murders. And he is being charged with first degree murder. With the death penalty. With the death penalty. So he's being charged with capital murder. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I certainly hope... Yeah. So Jenna's father and Michael's mother, so Jonathan Scott and Debbie Harrison, founded an organization called the Priceless Beginnings Organization in memory of Jenna and Michael. It is for domestic abuse victims. Mm -hmm. And so I got on their little website and their mission statement says they are wanting to provide new and priceless beginnings for children impacted by domestic violence by enriching their lives with opportunities to participate in activities such as camps, sports, and other extracurricular programs, as well as increase awareness and provide information and resources domestic violence victims and families need. So Jenna's father also started a petition to improve the Texas law for protective orders. Yes, please do that. Yes. And at the time, which this was, you know, two to three years ago, I tried to see if any changes have been made. I can't imagine that they have. But yeah, so at the time, the Texas law doesn't require a criminal background check of the person against whom the order is being filed. So his argument is that 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 judge would have seen these years of domestic, you know, domestic violence, um, his burglary charges, his, you know, just this whole Laundry so he, are, list. he had a rap sheet. He had a very well. long okay. rap sheet. Okay. That that he thinks that would have helped this judge make the decision in, you know, granting this protective order. Yeah. Um, against him. So don't know if that's taken place yet. One could hope that. I hope so yeah. Um, but we just we just have to we have to bring aware- awareness to domestic violence. And when a woman is strong enough to say, hey, I'm being abused. Or a man. Or a man. I apologize. Yep. I'm a woman, so I yeah, I take more. Sorry. Um, then we need to listen. Yeah. Believe domestic violence survivors. Yes. Believe them. Believe them. When um, they come to your court and say, this man has threatened my life. Sure, I don't have the bruises. I don't have pictures to prove he has beaten me, but he has. Please believe them. Um, 
society has made women out to be these, you know, wolf criers and oh yeah, hysterical, hysterical and sorry, sir, but the man that's beating her is hysterical, not the woman. Okay, the ba- the man that's beating these women are true monsters that just and a lot of times women that show up to court in pursuit of a domestic violence charge, a protective order, anything like that, don't look great. They show up in sweatpants and a t-shirt because the man that they are trying to pursue justice against has completely isolated them from friends and family, Mm -hmm. has completely isolated them from any sort of monetary independence Mm -hmm has completely isolated them from any hope that they will get help from anywhere. Right. They cannot depend on anyone. Correct. Because he shows up in a suit. Right. And she's wearing sweatpants. Yeah. With her hair a mess and four kids. Right. And of course she looks crazy. Yeah. So... I think the overarching theme here is you have to believe people when they say they are victims of domestic violence. Right. It takes a very strong backbone to get to that point. Yes. And usually a lot of years of abuse and isolation Mm -hmm. to even get to the point of someone asking for help. If someone asks you for help, help them. Right. Yeah. If you turn them back to their abuser... Their blood is on your hands. Correct. Yeah. Period. If you don't have the means to help them, there are resources that that will help them. That will help you help them. And if you are listening and if you are involved in a domestic violence situation where you are the victim of domestic violence, here in Oklahoma City, there is a, a, a foundation called Palomar. That has every resource that you need to leave, mm-hmm. to help you find housing, mm-hmm. to help you find a job, mm-hmm. to help you find counseling, to help you find childcare for your kids mm-hmm. so you can go look for a job. Right. And get out. Right. There are resources. Yes. Ask someone for help. Yes. Take your kids to story time at the public library and slip the librarian a note. Ask for help. Yes. Yeah. These abusers are well known for um, making you believe that no one cares and that no one is going to help you, but there are people that will. Yes. Always. It's not your fault. And it might not be anyone in your immediate circle, but like Shanna said, go to a library. Someone there will help. Right? Yeah. It's just... Librarians are out there saving the world right now, so... I'm just saying... Slip somebody a note. Yeah. Like, don't, don't, I know it's scary. I know being in abusive relationships are scary. It can and it will get better. There is people, if you don't have family that can help, there are all sorts of people that will. And 
We have resources. Don't. If you yeah. want to message us on oh, Facebook yeah. Yeah. or on Instagram or whatever, right? we have resources that we can send to you. If we don't live in your state, we will find resources yeah. in your state. Yeah. Don't let anyone take... Don't let anyone think you are not worthy. Don't let anyone take your self-worth away from you and make you dependent on them because you are the only person who you need to make happy at the end of the day. You are important. You are loved. And they're, you know, you're needed. You're needed on this planet for something, right? So take care of you. Take care of you. We're such advocates for women finding themselves and not letting anyone tell them who they are. We have gone through our own struggles on those fronts in different ways. And we want, we don't want anyone to ever think that they, that no one cares. Yeah. There are people that care. Always. I mean, like we're going to be brokered records about it. Yes. We're going to keep talking about it. And if you don't want to hear it, fucking hit unsubscribe now. Cause we're going to keep talking about domestic violence we're going to keep talking about how to get help mm-hmm. for your mental health. Yeah. We're going to keep fucking talking about it. Yeah. We're probably going to keep talking about how queer people are awesome. Yep. Oh, yeah, we will. And 100%. if you don't agree, we don't agree with you. Yeah. You're entitled to your wrong opinion, but we're going to keep talking about all of this shit. And if you don't want to hear it, don't fucking listen. Yeah. We do this for fun. We're not getting paid. Oh, You're not yeah. paying our bills. Don't get it twisted. Right. So <laughs> so if you come at us like... <laughs> like, it's okay. fine if you don't like us. Like, move on. We're yeah. cool. You're not, You're not my bill payer at yeah. the end of the day, so... We're good. We will keep bringing unpopular Oklahoma opinions. Unpopular opinions. Yeah, we're going to keep bringing yeah. those to Oklahoma. That's what we do. Anyway. Any who's it. If you're a domestic violence victim, please reach out to us and we can help get you resources. Yes, we we won't even tell anybody. Yeah, you can slide into our DMs. No one will know. Yep. Um, you can use... If you want to use vague terms about the fact that you need to find a clothing store in your area, shy as a fucking master shopper, we will find this shit for you. Mm-hmm. Tell us you need help finding a clothing store. We will help you with resources in your area. Mm-hmm. Hit us. Yeah. Hit us up. So it's clo- we're going to go with clothing store? Yeah. Because that's my jam. Say, I Shopping. need help finding a clothing store in my area. Currently, I live just outside of Baltimore, Maryland. All right, queen, we got you. Or king, we got you. Yep. We will help you find clothing stores. Yes. Don't worry. And we're going to keep talking about it. Yeah, we will. So... At that, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome, everybody. Uh huh. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening, hanging out, <laughs> and thanks, Shy. That was an awesome story. Thanks, Shan. If you've enjoyed this episode, or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow. You're doing fine, Oklahoma, on your favorite podcast app, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at you're doing fine okay pod that's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore okay underscore pod